Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? On uh, quite a drizzly Thursday, really. But hey, look, it's towards the end of another week, which means we have another episode. Now, usually on people's birthdays, you know, we see friends and family, we get together, we celebrate, we we give presents, we receive presents. That's not happening this year. Oh, sorry, it's, it's, it's my birthday. Shh, don't tell anybody. Usually... You receive the presents on your birthday, but on this day, I am giving you a present, a shiny, freshly cooked, brand new episode of the Two Shot Podcast. And it couldn't be more perfect, if I'm honest. And look, this is this is nothing to do with me. This is to do with my guest. Now, two things. If you're feeling blue, we're having a bit of a bad day, or bad week, let's face it, we've all had a bad year, but enough of that. Um, This is the episode you need in your life. Uh, I hadn't met this person before. It's Callum Scott Howells, by the way. Now, if you've seen the extraordinary Russell T Davies drama, it's a sin. Um, For me, Callum's character, Colin, was the beating heart of that show. And I know poor producer Griff, who's just finished watching it, was... It broke his little heart, it did. See what you've done, Russell? You broke poor producer Griff's heart. Um, yeah, he really was. And I got in touch with a few people, made a few calls, and he agreed to come on. Now, the reason why you're going to love it is his extraordinary enthusiasm, energy, lust for life. He is exactly what we all need. Um, he's so lovely, so funny. Um, he's so excited. He's just like, I mean, I kind of hate when people say, oh, you know, if uh, we should bottle that up and you could sell it. I hate that. But, but you know, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> if you could bottle what he has, um, we'd all be richer for it. And hopefully you'll be richer after this episode. Um, It's a lovely, lovely chat, and you'll get to know a bit more about Callum. He's what we all need right now. I have a sneaking suspicion you're going to absolutely love it. First, before we go to that, Parish notices everybody. Everybody gather round, sit down. I want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you. Um, I know some people started listening from last week, so you've got a lot of catching up to do. A massive thank you to Roy. The response has been overwhelming. You know, like I've always said, I've said it from the start years ago, there will be some people you know, some people you recognise, and some people you don't. This was one of those that maybe only a select few from the Northwest and, you know, more specifically Liverpool would have known, certainly those that have been to the Violet Nights would have recognised Roy's work. Um, But yeah, the response has been extraordinary. And Roy... We've been texting on a daily basis and he's been sending me certain messages and emails that he's received because of that episode. And 
you know, I touched on it slightly last week. If you're concerned about someone, then, you know, sometimes people just, they don't, they don't want to listen, right? Maybe just send them that episode. What harm can that do? Just say, just give it a listen. We've got nothing to lose. Um, because some of the messages that, that Roy's been sending me, um, it's obvious that his honesty with his story um, has really touched the nerve with a few people and it is helping to change. I'm not saying that Jesus' podcast episode changed lives, but um, it's, you know, it struck a chord with people and I think I think that's really important. And, you know, all we can do is sit down and, and have these conversations and hopefully they get listened to by the right people. Hmm? Do you think? I think so. Right, enough of this. Let's get on bringing some sunshine to a drizzly Thursday in the shape of the extraordinary Callum Scott Owls. Enjoy, and I shall see you at the end. I'm getting, I'm getting used yeah. to it. Slowly, yeah, yeah. but it is, uh, it's been tricky. How are yeah, you, mate? I'm You're really right. good. Your podcast is so special. It's like nothing. I feel really like, thank you so much for asking me to come on here. Like, I, like I've got, I've got so oh, many friends mate. who listen to your podcast. It's just amazing. It's so special. Oh, <laughs> thanks so much. Well, look, this is not about me <laughs> on the podcast. This is about you. Um, first off, yeah, thanks so much for coming on and doing this. Cause I'm sure you're probably inundated with, you know, requests for interviews and things at the moment. No, I mean, well, gosh, I mean, you know, like, it's just, it's really nice. And it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. Do you know what I mean? I've never experienced mm. anything like this ever. So I'm I'm still trying to, like, navigate it all really, Craig. You know what I mean? There was no way I was ever going to not do this, like, flipping act. Like, it's amazing. I feel so, I mean, like, I just, I feel honoured in a way. Do you know what I mean? But, like, in the sense that, like, you know, there's... There's things that, like, you really want to do because you really want to do it. And then there's also things that, like, maybe can wait a bit. Do you know what I mean? Because cause at the end of the day, like, I think it's about, like, staying true to the show as well. Do you know what I mean? Because the show is so... Yeah. The show always comes first, not us as actors or us as artists. Like, the show, we've all said, like, always has to come first. So it's always to make sure the show is stays in the best light and there's no negative things around it do you know what I mean because that would be awful <laughs> do you know what I mean but of course but it, you know but it's been it's been received you know with such warmth and open arms and it's sort of rocked and devastated everybody but it's I think what it also has done and obviously it's down to you you know committing to that story and Russell's script is giving people a bit of knowledge Sometimes there's things that get blurred in the past, and they they can't quite remember it as it mm, was. Completely, absolutely. This is it. This is it, though. And and you know, I think there's there's that for the people who who are trying to remember things that that, that you know that that and it's quite blurred. And but also for my generation who knows nothing. Like I genuinely yeah. knew nothing. I thought I thought I knew loads, but turns out I know fuck all really. Like it's just you know because like. <laughs> Actually, the true extent of it when you when you delve into it is horrific. Like it's up there for me with like you know dramas like Chernobyl. Yeah. You know, Chernobyl was like something really horrific, right? You watch it and you go, oh, "Fuck, 
like you look at these people and what they went through, like with all that stuff that went on. You know, I watched that drama completely like hooked. I was literally like everything, every single episode. I was like, you know, my 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 jaw was on the floor. And you know, mm. for me, like, I'm not saying it's a sin is similar to Chernobyl because they're extremely different. But in terms of like knowing a little bit about a, about a subject matter, you know, you know, I knew a little bit about Chernobyl, and then watching Chernobyl and seeing the true extent of what happened. You know, I I think I think I had a similar experience filming it to sin and like delving into it all. I I found it like just mad. But you know, you have like the politics, which which is like painfully awful, and then also you've got mm. just the extent of which the disease like takes over the human body. Like, you know what I mean? So you've got the these two things that are just both like equally horrific, but extremely different. But just. You know, it's, it took me a while to, like, sort of digest a lot of the stuff, really, I guess. No, I bet. I mean, as you know with the podcast, I tend not to focus on work, but it, it, it's really hard not to, to kick this off about this because when I was watching it, your character, Colin, I, for me, was, like, the beating heart of, of the whole oh. series. I just completely connected with him. It was such a... I mean, it's a beautifully written character, but you just... It was so expertly um, played off the page by yourself. I thought, congratulations, Aww. really, is what I'm, I'm going to say. I don't want to embarrass you no. too much with please, gushing please praise. Don't. But it, <laughs> please do. <laughs> but it, honestly, mate, congratulations. It was just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Chris. How did you feel when you first read that part? Did you could you see a bit of yourself in the character? Was it just was it one of those immediate? You know what. It's really interesting because I think, yeah, I think I definitely saw this role as a role that I could give a give it a good go at least. You know what I mean? Definitely mm. not. I never think that I can do something the best because I, I, I think that, gosh, I think that's such a toxic way of thinking. I never think like that. I just, I, I look at things and I just think I really would love to play it. Like, and I think Colin was one of those, one of those where I just thought, oh, you know, if I could really give this a go, I'd love to just give it my all. And and I think it was the first time I've ever sort of completely immersed myself in something. And I think, you know, you know, I just, I just give it, a, I give it a good go, Craig, you know what I mean? And I think, and and it was just so fun. It just felt so fun. And I felt so sort of liberated after, after playing Colin, because I was just like, this is just so fun. Like, you know, playing this, this character that, that is so resonating with not just me, there's so many of my friends. I know so many Collins, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's about doing it for them. And also, I guess, Russell's, Russell's friends, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause, cause Colin is, is there, there is a person who, who is, who is, who has basically Colin's story, but also Colin is a lot of people. So I guess, yeah, I just wanted to really do it for them. You know what I mean, Craig, I think. You mm. know what I mean? And there's just such a, a beautiful wide-eyed innocence to him that we all know a Colin. <laughs> Yeah, we all we've we've or sometimes we've all been a Colin. Yeah, which was that I think that's why he connects with people so deeply Completely. and truthfully. Even right, so like after 
oh gosh, like I don't, I really don't want to sound like a wanker, you Craig, right? So please, please, everyone, I just want everyone to know this now. I don't want to sound like a wanker, but I've got to say it because you know I'm on your podcast. I really love your podcast. So I'm, I've got to say it. Basically, after the show, after the show aired, we all had a call from Elton John. <laughs> it was just crazy. No, yeah, it was mad. And El- one of the things Elton said, he said, you know. I was a call-in once. Do you know what I mean? And he's saying exactly what you said now. Like, we've all we've yeah. all been a call-in. Like, and, yeah. and I think if Elton John was a call-in, you know what I mean? I feel like we've <laughs> all been a call-in. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because, yeah, like, at one point, we're all, like, wide-eyed, naive and don't know a lot about the, you know, the world or, or how to live in a big city and all that kind of stuff, especially if we mm. don't come from a big city. Flipping heck, it's... I, I never came from London. You know, I, obviously I, I grew up in the Valley. So going to London, I completely got it, you know. It's a, mm. it's a mad city to, to move to, you know. I, I remember going there and being yeah. like, fuck, this is so different to home. Completely different. Well, I felt like that when I moved down when I was 17 from Blackpool. Yeah, and it's a real, it's a real change from, like, you know, the seaside <laughs> town yeah. to, to the, the big I mean, I remember I, um, when I first got on the Tube, I got off the train at Euston and it was like crazy and really busy and every, the, the pace of life is just completely different. And I got on the tube with my suitcases and I'd never been on the tube before. And, you know, there's a lull. It lulls you to sleep. So it's kind of, so it rocked me to sleep and I ended up at Heathrow, <laughs> completely the other end of where I was supposed to be. That was tactical, Craig. To you wanted back. to go on holidays, that's where it was. <laughs> well, there was obviously something telling me to get out of London anyway. I finally did yeah. do that. But let's let's go back. Let's talk about growing up in the valleys. Whereabouts in the valleys? So are I live in Tonnerevel in the Ronda Valley, but I but I I right. grew up really in Triorki. I went to comprehensive school, so I went to primary school up the hill from me, which was nice, and I loved my primary school. I have a lot of lovely memories there. Um, but really, I sort of completely like I, I I just remember growing up so quickly in Triorki there was just something about it just that clicked for me I loved it I mm. found I found like my passion I guess which was like performing and I guess I just really enjoyed there, there was opportunities up in Triorki whereas in Tonnerevel I just feel like at the time I was growing up there wasn't as much there's not a, there's not a theatre here so I had to go further up the valley which is actually interesting isn't it mm. I had to go further into the valleys to, to for, for more, more opportunities which is which is mad <laughs> you just go what really normally you go further in the valley to work on a mine that's what you did <laughs> but 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 I guess in this instance you know I I um yeah I went I went to I went up to Chokey and, and there was just loads of Amdram Amdram is is so many people's out, outlets up in up in um up in Trioki and yeah, there was like mm. there's like literally something like there's like gosh, there must be like four or five like societies, which is amazing. It's a really small area. It's not a, a big area. You've got two theaters and you've got four or five societies that do shows, which I think is pretty cool. Do you know what I mean? Wow, that's amazing. I mean, when I was growing up, there was only there was only two. Really, there was that one side, the the edge of St Anne's near Blackpool, and then the other side which is sort of going towards Preston. Mm. Um, but so obviously there's a, there's a passion for it. There's a need if there's like five yeah. of them I there. think, you know what? I think it gives people, you know, because obviously like people, you know, people in, um, people, you know, people in Amdram, we do, we do it because we enjoy it. You know, we don't do it because we want to 
you know, I even, you know, even me, when I first did it, I didn't expect to do it professionally. So I really was just doing it because I enjoyed it. And that's why everyone does it. So I think it's, it's that way of like, say you work, you, you work nine to five in an office job. And then in the evenings, you get to go with this plate to this, to this community hall. You get to go to this rugby club, this church or whatever. Yeah. And you get to just sing and dance and, and be good at... But they need, a, they need an outlet. That guy that works in the bank, who you see, needs an outlet on a Thursday night to go and, to go and just have a dance and yeah. sing and let it yeah. all out. And I think that's what's so special, is that, yeah, OK, you might not want to do a prop. You might wanna, don't want to go to London and, and work in doing the, doing the West End or go and be in films and all that kind of stuff. You just do it because you love it and you need an outlet. And I think that's why, mm. that's why I loved... That's why I, I still love it. I could easily tomorrow go... I was thinking this last night, actually. Tomorrow, I could easily go back to Celsig and go and do Rock of Ages. <laughs> and literally go and have a laugh with all my, all my friends because there's just something... I can't quite think of a word to describe it, but there's just something so special about amateur dramatics that is just you'll never get anywhere else. Like you'll only get it where you come from and where you've done it. And I think that's that's why it's always going to be like it's always going to exist because you just create memories. Yeah. It's just memories that will always last a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? And because people are doing it for the right reasons, they're doing it because they really love it. They don't have to go. No one's forcing them to go. They're going because they really love yeah. it. And you can't, you can't really give that to anybody. That's just in Completely. them. And it's really, it's really lovely. It's a really, and I th also think it's really healthy. Yeah. And I think it's really healthy for you saying that, taking that, that sort of raw passion into your professional life. Because yeah. if you can keep that then it's always going to be fun, surely. Oh, com completely, exactly. Because that, that's the thing, and I, and I always say this, I, I genuinely, Craig, I would do this for free. I, I don't even want, I don't even want the money. Genuinely, like, you know. Don't be saying <laughs> that to too many people, Callum, please. I want you, I want you to become very successful and earn lots of money. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I was politely asked to leave my amateur dramatics Why? when I was, when I was young. Bit gobby, question, I questioned the casting decision. <laughs> A question to cast a casting decision that I thought was wrong in uh, when they announced they were doing Carousel. So I threw my toys you out do. of the pram and they asked me I don't to blame leave. you, Craig. I don't even know what it was, but I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, to this day, I'm still stating I'm. Are you were right. He was far. He was far too old to be playing that part. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, I remember, like, I remember, you know, gosh, I had, I have so many stories, but you know, there's so many things where I. I remember auditioning for, for the Adams family up by me and I, I remember auditioning and, and it was a society that I did shows with and I didn't get, I didn't get the part I, I really wanted and I was gutted. But I'm, I'm not, I've ne I could, I could, ne I, I wish I was Garby, but I, I just, I'm so, I'm so bloody, I'm terrible really. I can't, I never can pluck up the courage and speak what, what I feel, but God, I wish I did, Craig. You know what I mean? But I was gutted, I was gutted. I mean, I'm I'm le I'm much less gobby now. I'm older. And <laughs> Whatever. And slightly wiser. <laughs> A wise person once said to me, "Choose your battles," <laughs> and I and I I'll take that with me, and I will learn from that. I promise. And, and remember, remember what is it? What's the saying? Remember the people on the way up, because on your way back down, you're going to need them. <laughs> exactly that. So with with the being 
five sort of local Amdrams in such a small area, mm. were, did you have to be quite loyal or could you move around to, to different ones? I, I moved around, I did. I, I, <laughs> I, was, a, I was a slut, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, mo- I moved around. I, I started in uh, a company called Celsig. I did Oliver. That was my first ever, like, proper show. And, uh, and then after that, there was the society down the road in Tom Pentra, uh, um, uh, Act One. They they were doing Billy Elliot, so I auditioned for Billy Elliot, and I I played Billy. So so I I, I all all the all the tit, all the titular child characters. I I played them all. <laughs> yeah, did. I've done yeah. them all now. But so I played so I played Billy, um in yeah in in Act One then and and yes yeah, so I, I guess I I did move around I did I I think I I think I did stuff for about three three of the three of the five. Societies, I, I did, I did stuff with, but there's people, Craig, who do, who do, do shows with all five, <laughs> and they're the ones you, oh, yeah, really? they're the ones you wanna, you wanna be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that that part of your life was up and running, but school life, were you quite academic? Did you throw yourself into school life as as much as you did what you loved as a hobby? I think, yeah. I, uh... Gosh, that's a good question. My mother would give you a different answer to me. <laughs> but Look, all, all parents would give a different answer. Well, he could have tried a little bit harder, really, with his maths. Yeah. And trust me, I've been doing I've been doing homeschooling at the moment, so I've been relearning uh, lots of long division. Yeah. Um, which is, is is difficult. And Pythagoras is the uh, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. It's bl- it's blowing my mind, you know. It's, Too much, Craig. It's tough to te- teach a nine year old that doesn't really listen. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, but let's not go into that. You, you don't need to worry about that. That's just me. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I guess um, I guess I, I I did I did I did I give I give school a good go, right? Academically, I think I was quite able. Like I was able academically. I just didn't probably in terms of like my results and my GCSEs, my A levels. I probably could have got much better results. You know, I I did I did sort of all right. But, you know, having said that, like, I was head boy. So I think I'm quite modest in a way. Like, my GCSEs were fine. Like, I had, like, a few A stars, a few A's and B's and C's, you know. It wasn't all A stars or all A's. It was sort of spread across the board. Do you know what I mean? So mm. so I guess I did all right. I, I, I got, you know, I got to stand up for myself and say that I did all right. But but I guess I definitely could have done better. Like, if I, if I, if I wanted to go into academics, I probably would have loved to have studied languages, like I love, mm. I love the Welsh language, and you know I I did French uh, for my GCSE, so I think I could have probably probably maybe have done linguistics or like done something like that. But but who knows? Like it's interesting, isn't it? When you think of like you know if I didn't if I didn't act if I didn't go to drama school, what would I have done? I I, I always used to say I, I would love to have gone into politics, but I think I'm far too I'm far too like <laughs> like thin skinned for that to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. You seem far too nice to be going into politics. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be shit, Greg. I'd be terrible. It's because I remember, I remember growing up, and you know, do you remember Neil Kinnock? I he, do. Oh, of course you do. You know, and and and, and you know, you remember, you know, when he did that. It's we're, you know, that that speech when he's like, "We're all right, we're all right." <laughs> and I just remember, I remember watching that speech, and I was like, "He's like a rock star, by you." <laughs> but then that speech ruined his whole campaign. That's mm. the irony of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's interesting, isn't it? Like it, I, I did, I looked up to politicians because I really loved from a young age. Actually, I really loved political dramas. I loved like um, the West Wing, 
and designated survivor and all those. So I, I, I really enjoyed those shows. So I guess politics was, 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 but I guess, did I want to be a politician or did I want to play a politician? You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably the, the latter. latter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure you'll do at some point. <laughs> so was the plan, because it sounds to me at the moment, the plan was to be on stage. Yeah. Because all, all, all your, your base of your training with amateur dramatics at the moment has been was been musicals. Mm, yeah, I wanted to always be on stage. Always, I actually never even thought about doing being basically straight acting, like acting without singing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I always thought it would be mm. musicals all the way, and it was up until I I went to I did something with the National Youth Music Theatre, which was like a a great organisation, and they um they do shows in the summer, and I did I did shows with them, um and then where was that Where was that based? That was Alan? based in so in Seven Oaks in Kent. So right, so I okay. did I we 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 I had to go there, and that was the first sort of thing I had to go away and do, and it was like you know it was like open my eyes into like you know there was lots of people like. There was lots of people there who wanted to go to drama school and they were like really good at what they were doing and they were going to go to arts ed and they were all, oh my gosh, like even the people, you know, I, I'm still friends with them all now. They're so talented, like they're incredible. They're proper mm. triple threats. And I was so intimidated. I was like, they're amazing. So so I remember doing that and that really opened my eyes and ex- as an experience because I was like, this is, this is cool. They want to do it. And I think that for me gave me then the hunger to be like, I want to be like them. Do you know what I mean? I want right. to do what I want to yeah. be as good as they are and do what they are doing. Mm. Um, so I guess the NYMT really opened my eyes, and then I basically Kate Gollidge, who's who's a director, she basically um, then put me up for this job in 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 the, at the cho- the chocolate factory in London. Um, we, uh, basically to do to, for the to be to be in she loves me at the chocolate factory and I auditioned for it and that was the first that was my first professional job then and I got it through the MYMT so it's oh right okay yeah. so they kind of act as a conduit like an well agent. they they don't but 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 Kate was like a contact I guess like she she right. sort of was a fixer in in a way I guess she's she she has unbelievable amounts of faith in me like clearly I I can't I still can't believe. She did it like she was putting herself on the line as well because she was, you know, I had to do it for her. And and I auditioned and and I got it and I guess it was just mad. And I and I did the show then. I did, I spent six months and this is when I moved to London then for for six months. Right. I, I spent sort of near enough half a year in London and just sort of living and learning. And how, how old were you then? I was sixteen when I moved. Seventeen when I when I finished. Yeah, wow. so I, was, I was young. I was quite young, yeah. especially you know. I'm, 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 I was also quite young in the head as well. Like I really look back and I go, I really didn't know a lot. Like I didn't know how to look after myself, Craig. Because you know what I would do? I would do. <laughs> 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 I would do the show, right? I do the show, and the show would go up at eight, and it'd go down at eleven, and I'd go home. I was, I was, um, I was working in London Bridge and going home to Sydenham. And um and I, I was having a kebab every night after the show. Because <laughs> I love a kebab. I love a donut kebab. So I remember after every show, I'd have a donut kebab and I'd be like, this is bad. This is, I am going to ruin my insides if I keep doing this. So I tell you, there are worse things that you can have at 11 o'clock at night than a donut kebab. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. I mean, 
every night maybe pushing but, it yeah. to an extreme Callum but uh, it I would mean, be ridiculous one, one, one or two a week I think we I, can, we can I, rem- I remember getting to the end of the street and I'd be like should I have it again <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck it I'm going to have another one and the guy the guy I went there so much the guy ended up ch- knocking a pound off every time I went oh he, he was brilliant if I go back now I wonder if he'd still do it proper regular customer oh yeah proper probably, did, probably didn't even need usual <laughs> yes please yes please just usual yeah every day that's, that's when you know you've got a serious problem, problem when the, the person at the Donna Kebab shop just yeah. he's in get his yeah, usual he's ready in. <laughs> Terrible! Oh, it's awful, Craig. But you got to laugh, haven't you? If you don't laugh, you'll bloody cry. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So after that, sort of. So that was about six months that yeah. you were in London. Six months. I was in. I was in London doing um, doing the show, and then. So at the same time, I wanted to. I thought I could then not train and then keep keep acting right, and I I. I and I remember, oh, I remember speaking to loads of members of the cast and I remember speaking to like, you know, uh, the cast of like Les Dennis, Dom Tithe. And there was a boy, there was a boy called Luke Featherstone, who is, who is the, our, our like dance captain. And he's, he was amazing to me. He was like, he just guided me and helped me because he was, you know, he's, he's like, he was like, we were like both the youngest in the cast, but Luke is still a little bit older than me because he's, you know, he was working and had had a career and stuff. But Luke mm. was like, go to drama school, go on, get a solid training and then give it a go. You've got plenty of time, you know, you're 17. And I remember just being like, you're right. You're so right. Like, I, and I really wanted to train. I had a desire to train. I didn't want to just wing it and try and work because really, Craig, I was just making shapes. I really was. I didn't know how to act. I, 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 and I promise you, I, I didn't. I, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I'm just trying to wing it. I'm just trying to do things with my body. Yeah. So I, I, I invited the, the head of acting at Royal Welsh, Dave Bond, to come to the show because I previously met him um, through a, a play I did with the National Theatre Connections a, a few years before. So I said, please come and see the show if you're ever in London. And he came to see the show and um, and he said, you know, we had a big com- long conversation. He said, you know, come and audition for the school. And and then I auditioned and um, and then I got in after the show. So then I, I went and trained then at the Royal West College of Music and Drama in, in, in straight acting. Not in, you know, right. as opposed to musical theatre. And that was a big decision for me because I was like, because I, I also got into arts ed. Right. So for me, I was like, it was a big decision. Arts ed was a school I'd always dreamed of going to. Um, but, you know, I guess I made that that call. I guess I made that decision. And you know what? I I I could have gone to arts ed and I think I would have had it even, I still would have had an amazing time. I don't think... I don't think I could advise anyone to make the same decision as me because Art Ed is a school which is which has produced the most incredible actors and still still yeah. does to this day. Um, so, um, so what 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 made the what made you make the decision not to choose a musical theatre course over a, a quote unquote straight acting yeah. course? I guess I I read an article in the stage. <laughs> Uh, my drama teacher, Mrs. Roblin, she, she, she said, you "Need to go and do straight acting. Do straight acting. Go to go and do straight acting because I think it'll serve you better." And and so did a man called Timbury Sevens, who is the former 
um, artistic director of the allowed charity, so only boys allowed and only men allowed, Tim Tim said, go and do the acting acting course at Royal Welsh. So I had a lot of people telling me to do that. But also, I, I trust my gut in all of this. And I just mm-hmm. think, for me personally, I'd... I'd done I'd, I'd done musicals all my life, and I'd never I'd I'd only done one play, one you know straight acting play. So I was like, what will I find more of a challenge? Like, what will I what can I do which where I'll constantly be in the shit every day? You know, because I I I basically don't know what I'm doing. So I was like, I I I'm also alien to it because I've only done one play. So mm-hmm. how do what what will really make what will really challenge me every day? And I just thought the acting course will because. I, I also didn't know how to act. I promise you, I didn't know how to act. So I think going and doing that course at Royal Welsh just really, really helped me basically find find yeah. truth and sort of authenticity and, and honesty in my work. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just going like, you know, making shapes like I did before. Yeah, but the, see, the thing is, because if you look back over your history with all the amateur dramatics and all the musicals that you've done, you'd already started your musical theatre training with that intensity of those performances and those productions over the years and the many, many ones that you've done. So not saying that you knew everything about musical theatre, but certainly I think, and I'm a big believer in gut instincts. I, I think, it, you know, if, you, if it comes from the gut, it's truthful and it won't let you down, so you do have to trust it. So I, I, I think you were right to do that. Yeah, no, you're bang on. You're absolutely bang on. I mm. think exactly. I did not. I didn't know, and I still don't know everything about musical theatre to this day. But also, I'm a massive fan of musical theatre. I love it. I think to go on stage eight shows a week and work your body to that extent. I'm in awe of 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 of, of musical theatre actors, but also just actors. You know, we're all actors. We all we've all got to do things to earn, earn a living. And I hope I do a musical again one day, in whatever capacity, whether it's on stage or in a film. I don't bloody know. <laughs> I I do it. I do anything really. Anyone who love anyone who loves me, Craig. <laughs> right. Stop saying it. I'll do her anything. I'll do it for no money. Stop. Saying it. I'll do. <laughs> That's it. Now I'm never going to earn a penny again, Craig. After this podcast. I'm, I'm going to have to edit a lot of this out, Callum. I'm not letting you go back out into this business. It's not right. And also, the musicals, my God, they work hard. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, you know, you've got to be fit and healthy doing that eight shows Completely. a week. That's a tough, tough It gig. is, it is, exactly. So so I guess, like, yeah, I just think for me, I, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I made that call, though, because I then went to Royal Welsh... And I, I learned so much, not only about acting, about myself. Like, I learned really what is my, what is my, like, taste in things. What do I really enjoy? Mm. Like, what do I enjoy on stage? What do I enjoy on television and film? Like, I, I started to find, like, what I enjoy watching and, and then, therefore, what I would like to be in, I guess, what I would love to be in, what sort of stories I'd love to help tell. Mm. So I think, yeah, I'm, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I then just fell in love with, with just, I fell in love with theatre even more then, I guess, because I was just con- co- constantly in awe of going to see plays and illegally streaming plays and shows and, you know, and also as, as well, I think it's worth saying that like the line between like theatre and like, musical theatre is blurring even like so much more as the as like as we go on now like there's so many plays like you know like the girl from the north country like 
you know that like that 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 mm. you know you got you got shows like that and you've got Sally Cooks and who is and, and Emma Rice who are doing these shows where they're sort of pushing the boundaries they they're implementing music into these stories and 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 it's not really uh, a play and it's not quite a musical so it's like do you know what I mean I think it's so interesting yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. how yeah. how it's developing I guess but I think that's really interesting because it's people as when you watch powerful pieces of television um if you people want to be challenged at the theater a bit more you know there's a of course there'll be people who just want to go and see cats <laughs> or some something sort of you know and look I'm not knocking it but something nonsensical yeah. like that that's fine but a great example is girl from north country i mean that just sort of blew up and you had all sorts of different theatre goers going to see that. It wasn't just the musical crowd. It wasn't just the people who were heading to the national. Um, so, yeah, it, it blurs the lines, but it also blurs the audiences going to see it and opens doors for other mm-hmm. people. Completely, absolutely, 100%. And then you can even push it even further and you've got plays like Amadeus. Like, what is that? Is that an op? Is that, mm. an, is that an opera? Is it a play? Is it, a, is it an epic story? Like, you know, you've got, you've got like... You had the South Bank Symphonia on the stage. Like, what? What is that? Like, is that a? Is that you know? It, it, that again is like even still. I don't know what the hell you call that. You can call it a play, but but it's not a play. You know, because you've got the South Bank Symphonia and some of the best classical opera singers in the country on stage. So it's it's actually yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? It's so cool. I feel like we're living in a time where it's so cool. Like the things that are being made because everything is just everything is is starting to just. Blue, and I think that's fucking exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, it, it, no, it's not a play. No, it's not musical. It's a, just a true performance. It's a yeah. huge, epic yeah, performance. Completely. And that is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it really bloody is. It's amazing. And and I guess as well, it's worth saying, Craig, like I know some good mates of mine and you as uh, Mike Gibson and, and Caroline Sheen and, and, Lovely and, and they, people. them, even those two, I tell you, were, the reason I'm with my agent is because of Mike. Do you know what I mean? Because Mike came to see She Loves Me and and then I yeah. signed with my agent through through Mike sort of in, in, do, do being that link. And, you know, even those two, they're just the most generous, lovely people probably in the world. Absolute, the absolute gems, yeah. But that's... We all need a bit of help like that. We all need, you know, an introduction. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about. We're trying... A lot of it is right time right place and right look because i know so many people who are still slogging away in this profession and they're fucking brilliant absolutely brilliant and do not get a look in about things that they should be doing yeah and it's tough and i say you know i say to young actors all the time get your suit of armor on because you're gonna you're gonna get a bash in and it's really hard it's really really hard and i was I was talking to a brilliant actress at the weekend and we were and we were kind of similar age groups and we were talking about training and certain things that we weren't told. Like I was never told how tough it was going to be. And another thing, and, I, and what I wanted to ask you about, because I spoke to her about this and I said I was going to be talking to you, and she said, she said, oh, we'll find out now. Because you've recently been training, I was wondering how much actual acting for camera stuff they they focused on at Royal Welsh because both myself and this other actress went to d- 
different different drama schools, but had roughly a couple of hours over the three years, pretty much. Wow. Tell me it's changed, Callum. Yeah, it has. It, it, it's completely changed. There's, I did a, mo- a, a module every year, so we spent, we would have spent, what would it, what would it be? It'd be like a, it'd be like a month, it'd be like a month of every year on act, solely on acting for screen. So you'd spend, you know, you'd go in every day and you do four hours of acting for screen work. And, mm. and, you know, you know, it's really interesting because I hated every single second of it because I was, because I was, <laughs> Craig, I was awful at it. I really was awful at it. And I was, but I tell you what, God, you know what? Like it, it like gives me goosebumps because like, it, it's the power of training and it's why it's so fucking important. I was watching my friends act, right? And they were f- amazing at it. They are all... Mm. My year group was so talented and they really are. And I was watching them all just be awesome. They would get in front of the camera. they do these things with their face and I'd be like, yeah, why can't I do that? I'd be like, why the fuck can't I do that? I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going up and I'm fucking I'm shit. You know, and 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 like, you know, it's, but I, I guess that's part of the training. You what you know, you it's all about watching what your friends do, and like, wanna you need because you you got to aspire even to your peers. You got to even you got to look up to even the people you're training with because at the end of the day, they're the people you're entering the industry with. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. I think healthy healthy sort of. competitivity competitivity is that the word competitiveness I don't know whatever the word is I think that's really important yeah I know what you mean yeah well it's also you want your peers to be good or you want the people that you're working opposite to be brilliant yeah because you're only as good as the people that you're working working opposite exactly and also you want to be challenged you want you want to raise the game completely yeah yeah exactly and then out of that Great, you know. Hopefully, touch wood. Great work will come out of it. Yeah, it, and you'll and you'll feel that that you've challenged and you've learned something. Do do I feel like I've learned something? No, don't. No, after that, uh, if you're you're working with somebody who's who's amazing, you go. I better step up yeah, here. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Greg, I I fucking felt it with Neil Patrick Harris. I was literally like, like you know, like you know, I go from doing active screen in college, like you know, doing doing really awful stuff in front of the camera, to having then being like sort of thrusted in front of Neil Patrick Harris and having to just like watch him be obviously awesome. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. So how, how did you, because it sounded like you, from that training, your confidence was surely lacking for acting in front of a camera. So how did you build up your confidence? I, I, I remember, so I, I did, it was my second year, <laughs> it was my second year module I remember doing. And, uh, and I, I, I was just like, we, we, you, you work towards this sort of little, these three scenes you do and you make a little like sort of short film. Like I said, it's not a short film, mm. but it's like, you know, just a little show real thing. And we did it and I just remember watching it and just being completely not happy with it again. And it was my second year of college. I was about to go into my third year and I still was just like, my, my acting screen work is shit. It's just awful. It's all just terrible. And I just remember watching then just loads of things. I remember going through a phase of just watching 
I'd watched years and years Russell's show. I'd watched The Crown. I love The Crown. I think Josh O'Connor is a genius. What that boy, what that boy mm. does in front of the camera, he's just a wizard. Like he's awesome. I remember watching things like um, Designated Survivor. Uh, you know, I remember just watching loads of stuff. I, that, and then I also watched um, Yo- loads of Yorgos Lanthimos films and Armando Iannucci. Like, I remember watching Death of Stalin. I just watched so mm. much. I wanted to just immerse myself in loads of things. So I think that for me, having been, having done really like awful work in in front of cameras and then going and watching loads of really amazing stuff, I was like, I need to be this fucking good. I want to be this good. I really want to be this good because I need to, because I just want to, because I just, I just want to, you know what I mean? So, so uh, then out of the blue, this audition came for It's a Sin at the end of my second year. And I think I just really wanted to nail something. I just needed to do something good. Sorry, so this audition came to you during your second year of yeah, training? Yeah, the, the right, right at the end of my second year. I was doing The Merchant of Venice, a Shakespeare play, so I couldn't meet for it first. Andy Pryor was offering meet, meetings for it, but I couldn't meet for it. So I, I really asked, I, I asked my agent, oh, can, we, can I take for it? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, because Andy's really lovely like that. He'll... he'll obviously give you the time of day because he's yeah. the best and I remember um I remember um then doing a tape for him and, I, and the tape was something like there was literally something like six scenes to tape and I was like oh, you know bloody it's a lot you know what I mean but but I remember mm. just I'm so grateful for those six scenes because they they I just threw myself in the deep end and just went for it and um and I just it, you know it's the first like, like I said earlier on it's the first audition I've ever done where I've just fully just immersed myself and 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 then I I, I was lucky enough then to, to get the role you know after I went up for a meeting for her and and stuff and I just then felt so passionately about about getting it right then because obviously it was my first then it wasn't just <laughs> it wasn't just doing active screen work in a studio in college it was then doing a proper show and a series and, and it's a Russell T Davis and I just wanted to forever not just for myself because that sounds selfish it, it was never for myself actually it was just for Russell like Russell mm. took a massive leap of faith in me like Russell Andy Pryor all the gang all the creative team Peter you know they took a massive leap of faith in me and they trusted me so I just wanted to do it for them I just wanted to prove to them that they'd made the right decision I guess do you know what I mean? And I bet you were, I bet you were learning on the job as well. Oh, Craig, you? every day, I tell you. You yeah. know, what the hell is... I remember someone saying, do a banana. What the fuck is a banana? <laughs> do, <laughs> do a banana? That sounds wrong. It sounds awful. Do a bloody banana. So, you know, like... So I was like, you know, you, you learn every day, you know, you learn what... Yeah, all... but that's the... That's as precarious as this profession is. Yeah, I think you learn from every single job. You learn something different from everything, and that is—I think—that's what keeps people coming back, even when it can be so fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah. And you've done—you've done—you know—you're you, amazing, Craig. Do you know what I mean? And you've got—I really, you know—I look up to you because you've got bags of experience. Do you know what I mean? In in all sorts, and I just think it's so—it's so interesting you say that because it's really exciting. Do you know what I mean? It just makes me really excited. Oh, mate, you're very sweet. But sometimes I feel like I know nothing. Oh. <laughs> so, sometimes I'll read a script and I'll go, 
I have no idea how to approach this. I, I'm, I'm supposed to be a professional here. But that's you just keep learning. You just keep learning. You dig deep and, yeah. Yeah. That's the joy of it, I yeah, think. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting you say that. Because I, I really enjoy, like... I really enjoy the like digging deep bit, like because you know, like for example, like you know, in, in it's a sin, like you know, the, the, the scenes where it's you really gotta go there. I was shit scared, Craig. I was so scared because I was like, you know, you know, going back to like being in in She Loves Me and doing like shows. You know, you don't have to really, you don't have to do any sort of. De- there's not there's no kind of depth to that. It's always just you know making shapes and like looking good and. It goes from that then to then being in a scene where you've got a basically like <laughs> you know think about fucking death. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. And then, <laughs> that's you know that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you really you know. So so for me it was just I was those those scenes I just remember being shit scared of. Do you know what I mean? But I think that's healthy to be scared. Yeah. Because if we if we weren't scared or we weren't excited, then what's the what's the point? Mm. What's the point of doing yeah, it? It's so true. What were you like? What, what were I, you like? Like, what what for you is like the scariest, the scariest thing? Because I'm really curious. Like, what what's the most scared like you've been like? Because you've done some fucking amazing work. Like, what is what has been the most scared? I'm, I'm still scared now. Really? I still get I still get scared wow. all the time. Yeah, of course I do. Because especially now, especially over the past year, where things for everybody, and I'm not just talking about our profession, haven't been as regular and certain things have fallen by the wayside. You 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 get out you feel that you get out of practice because you're not sort of on the, the treadmill of work all the time. So you you'll get sent something and you go, Oh I've lost my confidence here. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to reach that certain height of what this script needs am i then you start questioning am i the right person for this can i do this and then then you know the voices in your head start chipping away and you just have to sort of cement yourself and go no look i think i might not be the best person for this job but i'll certainly give it my best i'll I'll certainly i'll do the best that i can do and that's all you can do you know i think that's all you can do i don't know every day's a learning day Callum. (laughs) yeah you know it's almost like it's like an it's like an athlete isn't it though it's like you know you you know it like even like now like it's been a year since we wrapped on it to sin so doing tapes and auditioning for things like you i'm just trying to like get back into the swing of just like knowing my muscles and knowing what i'm doing in front of the camera and all that kind of stuff and i guess it's similar to like Football players and and you know athletes like you know if you done if you're out of if you if you haven't done it for for like a year you know you you've got to then get back into swing of just knowing your body and knowing what you're doing and I I like to think of it like that because because it's cool in it you know and then when you do it then like because Craig you know you've done some fucking awesome stuff like then when you do it you fucking smash it because you're, you're back and you're knowing you're knowing your stuff and you you're in it and you just you just I think it just it matches up again do you know what i mean but if you get if you get out of the routine then you're not working that muscle and if you're not working the muscle then yeah it's you're just gonna get fabby you know? <laughs> yeah it's you true start, you start to it? think of babs every night <laughs> yeah exactly we're going back to 11 o'clock donna kebabs i'll just add the one i'll just add the one just the one 
Callum, thank you so, so much. I've loved meeting you. This has been an amazing Oh, you too, Chris. You're amazing. You're an absolute legend. And you're a legend in my house. I know my fa- me and my father love all your work. And it's really, really, it's, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me well, on. Well, no, thank you. And congratulations once thank again. Thank you, Craig. You're a legend. Lots of love, my friend. You take care. Thank you very much. another episode is done what did i tell you um i had after i finished recording that episode with callum um massive shout out to callum as well thank you so much for coming on you know how much i enjoyed that chat um yeah after finishing recording with callum i was walking around the house and i, I, I yeah it was yeah it was i I went outside that day for some lovely daily exercise and I had a big, stupid, goofy grin on my face because I just enjoyed that conversation so much. And you just go, don't change. Please, please do not change. Um, And a big shout out to Callum's mum and dad for... Obviously, bringing up such a fantastic boy. Um, I'm sure they're ever so proud of what he's doing. And uh, I've got a feeling we'll be seeing much, much more of Callum. Because you know what? Apart from the fact that he's extraordinarily talented, when, you know, when you're, you're getting together and you're filming, you want to work. Yes, you want to work with brilliant people, but you also want to work with nice people in an ensemble. And they don't come much nicer and more generous than Callum. What a fine man. I hope it's made you smile. I hope it's made you happy. Um, and thanks so much for downloading and subscribing and telling your friends and getting in touch on social media and the emails that we get. You know how much we appreciate them. So, um, yeah, go and uh, I'm going to go and see all my friends and have a massive party for my birthday. I'm not. I'm not. I can't. I can't. We're not allowed, are we? Um, But I think I'll go for a little walk with my umbrella and... um, Speak to a few people on the phone. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, until next week. Ah, next week. We're going back to Wales with another guest. I'll see you next week for that. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care of yourself, all right? And you know what? If you're feeling a bit down in a week, just re-listen to this episode it's guaranteed to cheer you up, but you take care. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.